gusty later on. On Thursday, slight chance for light snow early morning, and otherwise we're looking at clearing and windy conditions. Temperature steady or slowly falling north wind at 17 to 37 in gusty. Sunny becoming breezy on Friday, high near 20 on AM 740. The fan of meteorologist Tom Shemansky. Your home for University of North Dakota Athletics in Fargo-Moorhead is 740 The Fan, KNFL AM Fargo. It's time now for the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. To phone in, call 237-3767, 1-888-458-6926, or you can text short code to 35270. And a good afternoon. It is just after 12 o'clock. Jack Michaels is... I don't know if he's arrived in Denver yet or where exactly he's at, but he will be there. Yes. Uh, the uh, UND and NDSU basketball teams with the Omaha-Denver swing. The uh, UND ladies um, are in Denver tonight, Omaha Saturday, flip it around for the Bison, and uh, the men's schedules here uh, in Fargo and Grand Forks as well. He's Derek Hansen. I'm Brad Anderson. Coming up on the uh, program, we will uh, talk some basketball and, well, some breaking news. It's been talked about for a while. The uh, three-class basketball plan in North Dakota has been approved, unanimously approved by the High School Activities Association just a few moments ago. Now the uh, next step, they're going to, is it going to be next year? Will it be the 24-25 year? Uh, There is a motion on the table to implement it for next season, and uh, we'll see what's next on that. So we might even have that. Before we uh, before we're done here this hour, so interesting that there is a lot of pressure to do it right away. I mean, I just that's a you're gonna it's you're gonna have a busy summer there in uh, Valley City. If well, you're trying and, to get that and together. one thing too, and I know talking to some coaches who also double up as athletic directors, and they've said, you know, this is you start looking at next year's schedule now, right around now, and and that's on hold because they're waiting to see what happens and yeah. it was it was a uh, a real good letter from Rick Smith from Four Winds Minnewaukee who would they'd be in the middle class and he and that was one of the things he says why are we why are we in a hurry to do this for next year he says cuz scheduling wise he says cuz just because of travel and they're going to be in the middle class now he says a lot it's going to be a lot of games on Fridays and Saturdays and might do jamboree type things so if a central cast or a kindred is playing devils lake they're doing it on a Saturday. Maybe you combine it and have sure. a bunch of teams play in one side. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, on my side of the river. They implemented the shot clock, which I think is coming in by the time. Yeah, but it seemed like when they announced it, it was like two years ago. It was like <laughs> right. so. So I, it's just the contrast of uh, of how long it'll take something. But it's it's it, it is uh, going to be an interesting time now. I I, I just kind of wonder how people are going to take to it. I really do. It, it's. I guess my biggest thing is with the A's, it's just there's not going to be a lot of teams for two tournaments in the A's. I just I, That's the one thing that's a head-scratcher yeah, for me. Yeah, the, the middle class has been the one, and I think 29 is the number. And when they started, I think it was 40, and then they pared it down some more, yeah. and they pared it down some more, and they've got 29 is the, uh, the, the number now. So some teams that were kind of on the borderline ended up sliding down to B. And um, I guess the only, the only way we're going to find out is – Put it in put it in implementation for yep. a couple of years and try it. 
And I, mean, I, I guess aren't going to be in double A. I mean, uh, I mean, I I could find the proposal, but like eighteen or sixteen, eighteen, something like that. Yeah, it just it seems to me to have eight teams out of eighteen or something. Just that's not a lot, you yeah. know. And, it's like the Wapitans <laughs> Valley City, yeah. Devils Lake, they're moving down. Wofford City is moving down. I believe Turtle Mountain is moving down. Yeah. So yeah, we probably have that eighteen to twenty number. It, it just seems to me like that. That's why you do the combined A's and have that be a fun tournament. And because, man, that is not a lot. I mean, it's not going to take much to get the state <laughs> for those four teams. Well, my uh, my biggest hang up, and this is probably for selfish reasons, just trying to get everything covered, right. is. Having two separate tournaments on two weekends, which would be the A's and the B's now. Um, girls A's, girl B will be on the same weekend in different locations. Same thing for the guys as well. And once you have the A's in different locations, I mean, and let the B be the B still. I, that's what I don't get. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think, I think there's still too much to think though. Well, Kinder, they're still kind of a B. No, they're not. <laughs> no, in Central Cast, no, you're not. No, they're they're kind of B by. B by class right. only, yes. Yeah. That's a very good point. Oak Grove, Shiloh, no, you're not. I mean, that just yeah. and that's no one's gonna miss you from that, so they don't want to be I mean, and that's where I think to your point, Brad, that's the class that might get lost in the shuffle here. Because, Possibly because yeah. I think the B is still gonna be the B, especially if we have the you know if you get the small town. Well, if you get the more of the Hickory Huskers type of mm-hmm. stories, yeah, one hundred percent. And then these upper middle class teams that have been in B for how long are going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember us too. I, I think you'd make a very valid point. I'm curious to see, because that was one thing from three class proponents that and I've never gotten an answer on is, well, this will break up some co-ops and we'll have more teams. Yeah. And I thought, prove that to me. Well, and I, I just think it comes down to enrollment and interest, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the thing more than anything. When I was feeling for Tyler Axness last week, he just – the hallway recruiting is tougher and tougher for coaches now for whatever reason, whether kids are working or they yeah. want to go hunting or fishing after school or they just are not interested. I mean, some schools have okay enrollment. They just have a lack of interest. And I don't think parents push their kids as much as they should. Yeah. And I get that to a point. I think we got to find the – balance between pushing and nudging <laughs> you know i think there's a little <laughs> bit too much okay oh you want to go home and play xbox fine uh, you know compared to uh, i've always had that argument with a lot of people but. i need a breaking news sounder but uh yeah, the uh implementation of the three class basketball plan will be next year wow the vote was eight to two well they'll so, be busy yep there's no doubt it'll be uh it'll be change and uh it'll be i think change is hard for people and it's probably for people <laughs> Our age and older, but you know, the, the, that's. I guess I'm to the point that you know what? Let's. I like some of the things. I like the way they change some of the tournament formats, like for the regionals, making the uh, challenge game the second place and third place teams. I, I really like that. I think it's going to add some importance to a regional tournament. Let's see. I, you know, I I, I kind of went from being, yeah, I'm not so sure. It's like, all right, we got it. Let's see what we uh, let's see what we have. I'd be curious to see what people think. You can text us three five two seven zero. Or give us a call, 237-3767, toll-free, 1-888-458-6926. So so we'll see. Uh, We can go back to that. We'll visit with Jody Norstead. We're going to talk about the current basketball as it is, but we'll definitely talk three classes here coming up around 1220. Uh, Pete Lake Lake Agassiz Habitat for Humanity. Of course, Giving Hearts Day is tomorrow, and Pete and that crew do such a good job building homes. And I know we've visited with Pete in the past, and... Uh, we're going to have him on here about 1245 uh, with Giving Hearts Day tomorrow. Now, LeBron James 
the all-time leading yes. scorer in NBA history. Does this, I mean, I think a lot of people will argue if, where he stands in the greatest of all time argument. I think for my age group, well, I think our age group, maybe, you know, late 30s through about 50. It's, the heart of the Gen X, yes. Yep. It'll be Michael Jordan, and it's probably always going to be 100%. Michael Jordan. Yep. Yeah, I think I think so, whether whether you loved him or hate him, for sure. I mean, yeah. You know, to your point, Brad, and I, I think it's a very valid thing that you're bringing up here because I hate the best ever comparison a lot. I, I think it's so hard because I think mm-hmm. every decade that we're talking about, every kind of generation that we're talking about, you know, they all serve their purpose to help out the league become what it is, right? I mean, to me, it's like saying, you know, it's it's all like a, a links of a chain, and, and if you and that's what brought these leagues to what they are now, where they became a billion dollar industry. Because I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, Jabbar, Wilt, Russell, all those they help build, plant the seed for the popularity of basketball. You can maybe even go back to Mike in and the Lakers, right? But then. We can't argue Bird and Magic saved the league. I mean, just no getting around it. Right. Um, And then Jordan took it to a different level in the 90s. And then, you know, they had a little bit of a hiccup there until Kobe came along. And LeBron, coming out of high school, became a basketball phenomenon. And, you know, now Steph Curry's kind of that. I mean, every, every generation has their superstar. I think, you know, the Steelers of the 70s, you know, obviously... When the after the merger became kind of the team, right, and then it was the 49ers who made passing on first down okay, and then you know the Cowboys of the '90s became polarized, and then you had Tom Brady. I mean, I just think they all have their thing, right? And I think it's hard to say that you know if it wasn't for Michael Jordan, LeBron James would be. I think you would argue be the best ever yeah. for sure. You mm-hmm. know, I mean. Because he's still got some points to put up if he wants to keep playing. Yeah, I guess if which he's, is shocking. He's almost thirty nine. If he can get another year or two, perhaps you know. And he he's battled some injuries here, probably the last two three years. Kind of a lot of his time with the Lakers. I'll throw a couple of stats out there in favor of LeBron. I am I can respect LeBron for what he's done. I don't. The whole decision thing turned right. me off, and some of his behaviors turned. But I, I think you could say that for other guys too. But, well, Jordan's crying got. Old at the end, right, too. Exactly. Know. Only player in NBA history, LeBron, 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. Amazing. That's legit. Only player in NBA history to be in the top five all-time in points, top 10 all-time in assists, top 10 all-time in steals. One of two players in NBA history to win at least four NBA MVP awards and four NBA Finals MVP awards. Michael is the other. So those are... Those yeah. are ones that really stand out to me. And I think, you know, you look at, I think Jordan, I think people also appreciate Jordan because he stayed with one team, right? And, and and I think there's something for a lot of people who enjoy that. I will say, though, not so much the Heat because of the weapons he had with them, and, and the Lakers, obviously, too. Winning the title of the Cavaliers. Thank you. That's where, to me, that that, is, that's one of the things that, to me, legitimized him. That if, if you want to argue, I think you and I are both going to still you know, have Jordan edge him out, right? But if you want to argue it, that season and the way that he was not going to be denied against the Warriors in that finals, I which agree. was one of the most – if you want to argue it, I can listen to that argument because that was one of the more amazing just determination efforts I've ever seen in the history of any sport. 
and and the way he you know the block that will go down in infamy. Yeah, I think that's the one. I think a lot of people would say that maybe puts him at the top, even though he has two less championships than Jordan. Kind of reminded me going back to the what late eighties was it eighty eight when Danny Manning and Kansas yeah. and he was pretty much a single one man wrecking crew. That's kind of what that to me like legitimately. You know what? That's a championship that he earned, and he was. You're right. And he was. He was bound and determined, hell bent that it was going to happen, and yeah. and and that one to me, uh, he he earned a ton of respect for that. I think. Well, I agree, hundred percent. And you know, <laughs> and to that point, I mean, I'm not going to say the guy who you know the weirdo who had just got traded to the Mavericks, you know, what didn't help out. He was a big part of that too. Don't get me wrong, but and I think a lot of the talk about him as we're still waiting for that guy to appear again. But no, I, I think. That's the one that's very, very impressive if you want to put him in that category. Because, you know, and, and the other thing about it too is Jordan had those two years that were just gone, right? I mean, the two years of the Rockets were given yep. a, a yep. title. I mean, th- that's two years of not raking up some points, and you just gotta, kind of got to wonder there. He did retire relatively early compared to mm-hmm. what we're seeing now with LeBron. So, and, and I think that's a plus for Jordan because who knows how long he went. It's just that. They decided to blow everything did, up the, in Chicago. Yeah, did the whole thing with you know he left he left played baseball and then he the thing with the Wizards was this kind of I mean it wasn't a complete he was mess just there but yeah, yeah I mean he was just kind of hanging out. Um, well, the, I mean, doesn't it seem like the time with the Wizards was more or less like he was playing for the Globetrotters turn with the Generals? I mean, right. it's like he you was know. just there to sell tickets because I mean right. no one was watching him for him anymore, which was weird to think. Yeah, you know? I guess he was just. Not that he wasn't another player, but he just it just felt like he was just another player. It was like not Michael Jordan. Yeah, right. Yeah. No one hundred percent on that. Yeah. So I mean I'm curious, you know, it and your point about like the generational, I mean, where do you if you were going to go top five, top ten, where is Bill Russell stand? Where is Wilt stand? Um yeah. even a guy like Julius Irving. I mean one hundred percent, yeah. You know? You can't forget about him when we often do in that '80s savior thing. Well, even like in the '70s too. Yeah. You know, you know. Well, I guess part of it was he was in the ABA at the time until that merger. Yeah, yep. until that merger, and then you know, I mean, you look at from what '80 80 to '88. You know, that '76ers team was the only team. If it wasn't Magic, it wasn't Bird. They kind of stuck their nose in there and yep. hammered the Lakers one year. In the yeah, for so. sure. No, and it's a good way to put it, hammer too, because that was about as physical. Of, yes, that, that they were almost pistons like at times. <laughs> people forget. Yeah, that. they they had a little more uh, they had a little more smoothness to them, but yeah. to the to the pistons because they could score points. Yes, I guess mean, like that's too bad Jack's not here because he could tell you everything about the one hundred that, yeah, that yeah, group. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I, I I just it's a great argument. We probably don't have enough time for it, but you know where does. Does this legitimize LeBron a little bit more? Do you still think, you know, I mean, to me, it's going to be Jordan. I think LeBron's top five. I'm just trying to think where. Yeah, and, and it's and, interesting, and, too. And maybe that grade's incomplete because he's not done yet. And I think, you know, I always talk about whenever you do the Mount Rushmore thing. I, I The thing I struggle with with basketball is I think there almost should be two Mount Rushmores, right? Where you, where you put the, the big man, Mount Rushmore, and then the other guy, right? I mean, because you have... You have to look at it as Wilt and Russell and, you know, these almost seven-foot type of guys and Jabbar and, I guess, maybe Shaq. Yep. And then you got to put – I mean, because those guys and what they were doing scoring, you have to put in a different category almost for some reason. I think mindset-wise we do too because how do you really compare the two? I mean, how do you compare what Kobe, Jordan, and James, and Magic did compar- and Bird did compared to 
what those big men did, which mm-hmm. obviously changed the game. And I guess we can throw Oscar Robinson in there for the other guys too. So yeah, see, there's another one too. See, we could we could go on and on and on about this, honestly. <laughs> right, um, I know. But yeah, it's just uh, uh, you know, a guy like George Mike and uh, Pete. Well, another Pete, big guy. Yeah. You know, Pete Maravich probably didn't play for very long. How about a guy like Barkley? The fact that he didn't win a title, I think, is going to downgrade him. Well, yeah, bit. kind of what I was talking about yesterday with Nolan Ryan winning one. He was just a reliever his yeah. first year at the Mets. It's, it's a very good point, and I, I I think that does well. And Hans Malone too, who's third on this list, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's the one thing that you don't put at w- with him either. So it's a it, it's interesting. It's going to be a, it's going to be one that's talked about even more after what happened last night. It was funny, you know. I just kind of I drifted off. Yep. And fell asleep a little bit, and I woke up and started flipping channels again, and, and I caught it right before the moment. You know, okay. it's like about ten away, and you could see there, the game was so secondary, <laughs> <laughs> and it was an important Western Conference matchup too. Everybody had their phone out, right? And everyone's just like, <laughs> it, I will say this too: only in LA can you have a situation where LeBron's going, okay, family and all that. I get it. But then Jay-Z jumps out and hugs him. You know, it was just like, what the heck is going on here? Yes. What a who's who that deal was. Well, and, and to do it in L.A. too. I mean, it would have yeah. been something they would, you know, if you'd have, you know, if you'd have been in Detroit or, you know, Charlotte or something like that. But to do it at home, yeah, it's um, just, I think, adds to the And Kareem was there too. And, um, you know, it's a heck of a run. And like I said, I there are things about him I don't like, but I, I can respect. And the other thing too, you know, he stepped out. Like when Kobe left high school to go to the NBA, it took him a few years. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I think there was a one playoff game where he kept throwing up air balls when he was, you know, he was a rookie. LeBron came in and right away played like he belonged. Right. I think that's another thing to keep in mind too. No, you're right, and it's, it's fair to remember. Uh, so. Yeah, it's um, I think one thing. As time goes along, it might be a thing where we appreciate them later than we do more mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. And that, doesn't that happen with a lot of athletes? I think it happens with certain politicians for sure. But well, I'd say yeah, with ex presidents, there's yeah. certainly yes. But, but I do think there's, uh, I think with some athletes we do too. I, I mean, I think in time we'll appreciate Brady more as we get further away from him, right? And it hasn't happened with the steroid era with baseball, but I think with a lot of football and basketball and baseball players and even hockey players, we kind of appreciate them. After we kind of got sick of him for sticking around maybe too long. Texter says when Michael Jordan was, quote, just another guy for the Wizards. He was 38 years old. LeBron still one of the best players in the NBA. He's also 38. Yeah. Huge difference between where they were at the age of 38. Yeah, I don't, you can't disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, it's, he is still a threat and not even close to, you know, he, well, and because physically he's just a different cat altogether than Jordan was, right? I mean, Jordan was athletic. Jordan could, you know, make you, you know, his shot was unbelievable where, you know, there's a couple of those moves he makes in the lane. I mean, what do you do to stop it? it he looks like Bo Jackson in the first episode of Tecmo Bowl. I mean, it's just, he, he's just a, he's a man amongst boys sometimes he looks like. You know, and really for the most part, through much of his career, you look at his games played, you know, he was high 70s, close to 80, 62 with his second year with Miami. Now injuries have, you know, played a little bit of a factor with the Lakers, um, He's at 56. He's actually stayed healthy here this or actually last year played 56 games. But I think for the most part has been fairly healthy this year. Um, but yeah, here's another texture. But yet LeBron had to drop an F bomb on live network what TV. What was that all about? I, I mean, you got your kids there too. I, I that was. What are you doing? I, I think that's some of that's that's probably the detractors will go to, to some of that behavior. 
Yeah, that was I couldn't believe that. That, that is a, a weird thing. But mm-hmm. whatever. I, I don't know. I think there's the old uh, 19 year old kid that we saw play at the, uh, you know, in high school in on Akron, ESPN, Ohio. Yeah. It, it kind of comes out once in a while. There's no doubt. Uh, I guess so. I just, uh, maybe he was just, you know, maybe he's caught in the moment. I don't know. But it's just, I don't know. I, th- I think that's true. Here's another one LeBron is better than Jordan. Derek, you literally, oh, it's in your mind. You're, somebody's telling you, he says, you're pure nostalgia. <laughs> well, I mean, we can sit and go in circles about this, how LeBron is better than him. Yeah. And, and I think I think we just got done saying there are decent arguments for it, mm-hmm. and we gave him the credit for I don't know if Michael Jordan could have led the Cavaliers with that group right. to a world championship. I'll give you that one. Yeah. And I think there are some arguments that the teams that Jordan was able to build around him yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, Scottie Pitten was a heck of a wingman. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, we we forget how good Scottie Pippen was. I mean, at times he looked very Jordan-esque often. Yes, and so to your the texture's point, you're right. I mean, there LeBron has never really had a Scottie Pippen. Yeah, he had Dwayne Wade with the Heat. I mean, there's no doubt Dwayne Wade was a baller for crying out loud. He won a title without LeBron. You know, back with Shaq. But uh, no, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I mean, you can. He's great. I just think that for what he did, and you're right on the fact of the nostalgia thing because there was a time there where the NBA was nipping at the heels of the NFL when the NFL was kicking a lot of field goals because they they couldn't get a lot of nine to six games. Yeah, yes. and people don't realize how important that was. I mean, they put the two point conversion in. They made a lot of rule changes because yep. defenses were dominating in the nineties, and the games were getting a little blah. Well, and in those days, in the NFL you had. You probably about, you had like four or five like legitimate teams, and then mm-hmm. there was kind of there were teams like the Vikings and the Packers and the Lions that were kind of stuck in the middle. Well, in the NFC Championship game from you know fought the late '80s and early '90s was the pseudo Super Bowl, right? I mean, because the AFC couldn't even sniff what was going on. You know, the Broncos and the Bills they had more jokes made about them losing Super Bowls, and you know, and think about the great teams that they had, but unfortunately the the brunt of those jokes often. All right, we'll uh, take a break as uh, Jody Norstead from Midco Sports will join us. We're going to talk about, well, the uh, three-class plan has been uh, passed and will uh, implement it. It will start next year, next school year, 23 and 24. So it's a uh, kind of a, a new day dawning here for uh, a new time dawning for high school basketball in North Dakota. We'll talk with Jody about that and uh, what's currently going on this year. you got a great race in the EDC. you got some good Class B races. That and more coming up. Time for this week's Fans Finest. It is presented by Cass Clay Creamery. Number of records were broken at area schools over the weekend, including at Fargo Davies. Sophomore guard Mason Claybo set the school record Friday night in a win over the Horace Hawks. He scored a school record 47 points, also grabbing 10 rebounds and 4 assists. As the Eagles were victorious, he followed that up with a 25-point performance in an 89-37 win Tuesday over Valley City. He dished out 7 assists and had 5 rebounds for the season. He leads the EDC in scoring 28.5 points a game. He's number one in assists, had over five per game, and second in the EDC in steals at 3.3 assists per game. Playbo and the Eagles have had a great season so far. 15-2 and occur the top spot in the EDC standings as they get ready for games this weekend against the Shanley Deacons. Congratulations to Davies sophomore guard Mason Claybo. He is this week's fan's finest. It is presented by Cass Clay Creamery.
1226 back on the uh, Jack Michaels show. Jack is hopefully in Denver. I'm not sure. The flight was leaving about eight or so this morning. Derek Hansen here. I'm Brad Anderson. Pleased to be joined by uh, Jody Norstad from Midco Sports. He uh, follows uh, North Dakota Prep Sports very closely. And, uh, well, the um, got to start with the elephant in the room. It's official. Three-class basketball in North Dakota will start next year. And I don't, I don't think... I don't think we've had this discussion, at least not on the air, but uh, um, it's here. And I guess your uh, your first uh, first reaction to that? Uh, you know, it's just something that's really just been festering for for how long, Brad? We've had discussions about the possibility of three class basketball for a long, long time, and you just never got the indication that it was going to pass. And I, I certainly didn't think that it was going to pass this quickly. Maybe as of a, a couple, two, three years ago, but uh, steam just kept picking up and picking up. The voices kept getting louder and louder. Um, and they, I mean, give credit to the, the crew that put together this plan and, um, was able to push it through. And, and now here we go. I mean, obviously there are a lot of proponents. There are a lot of people that are, you know, frustrated with it because of maybe how it affects their schools. Um, but it's one of those things where it, it almost seemed inevitable because there were just more and more people speaking up for it and and now we're going to get a test of it and we're going to see what it's like it, it it's kind of bittersweet because now you think uh in about a month's time we're going to see the last you know the b the the way it's been for a, for quite a long time um we're going to see the last of that and um but excited for for what's to come and i think a, a lot more schools maybe getting opportunities to participate to play in a state tournament um and perhaps the possibility, I know it's been brought up, but whether some co-ops will dissolve or not, you know, that remains to be seen. That's probably one of the bigger questions out of there. Will it lead to some of those schools saying, hey, you know, I don't need to maybe co-op with you. We, we can kind of have our own uh, school here. So uh, that remains to be seen, but it's, you know, it's changed and it's obviously put uh, high school basketball at the forefront here. Uh, for the time being in North Dakota. Yeah, the co-op thing, I for the people that have been proponents, and I, I'm kind of the show me, you know, how many exactly yeah. are there going to be, and maybe there will be a few, but I, I've never... I've never gotten like a concrete got concrete proof from that, from the from the proponents. I think the other thing, too, with this, Jody, was the... I, in previous plans, I don't think the, the current Class A schools cared either way, um, mm-hmm. but the fact, I think, Tom Kirchhoffner, the former Cheyenne coach really kind of led the charge on this. Um, I think the big thing, it, it will maybe allow for more scheduling flexibility for Class A teams, which yeah. they don't have right now. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's been something that they've really wanted to kind of strengthen their schedule and maybe go play, you know, a, a tournament down in the Twin Cities or go down to maybe South Dakota and play some of those big uh, schools in Sioux Falls. And I think this might afford them the opportunity to be able to do that, to kind of, you know, the, the programs in, in basketball has kind of taken on a, uh, a kind of a game of its own with AAU and stuff like that, and, and it really challenges these players. So now if you can do that in your varsity program, say, hey, you know, we're going to go down and play, you know, one of these premier programs down in the cities or, or, or something like that. I think that's, you know, helping build that competitive spirit a little bit. Um, so I think that's something that kind of piqued their interest uh, quite a bit, and, and we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if you know, some of those teams can get into those bigger tournaments or, or get those non-conference games down uh, against those bigger schools in the cities or in Sioux Falls. You know, I'm curious, you know, the middle class, because I think it was at 40 and then I got pared down to 29. Um, you know, I think that 
the middle class is the one we just weren't weren't sure about. Um, it, I I will say I do like some of the adjustments they made, the ones that were released here about a week and a half ago, uh, the way they added the region tournament with the challenge games, the second place versus mm-hmm. the third place. I really like that because uh, I thought that was one thing that might go away because I contend that the at least in the Class B side, region championship nights, one of the best nights of the year. In some in some ways, it's almost better than the first round at state, or it has been some years. Oh yeah, and I think I they agree. and I think they bring you know, there's going to bring a little bit of that back for the region tournament. So I, that I will. Yeah. Whoever came up with that was a that was a great idea. I think that that adds a lot of intrigue. I think that's going to bring out a lot of excitement to to watch those games. And boy, uh, and, and I think it also uh, helps mitigate that. Well, you played in a crappy region. That's you know you're getting to state because you played in an awful region. Well, prove it to me, you know, go out and beat, you know, the, the region one, two seater or three seater, however it plays out and prove uh, that you can, you know, prove your way to get into state. So I think I definitely, I'm on board with that. You know, it'll be interesting to just kind of see how that all plays out too. All right, let's get to the uh, here and now, right now we'll start with the, start with class a and uh, boy, the EDC, you know, Davies, uh, getting a win last night. They'll be at Shanley on Friday. We'll actually have that doubleheader on the fan with uh, boys and girls. But you know, on the boys' side, it's uh, it's a it's a crapshoot. I mean, Davies has been very talented. Mason Claybo's putting up some big numbers. But man, you go from North and Devils Lake and Red River. You can go all the way on down through about nine and ten. You just don't know what you're getting from night to night. If you, if you don't like it, it it changes from week to week. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking on here. You go down to whatever it is, seventh place, eighth place, where there's like South lingering in Cheyenne. Like those teams can, can surprise teams. West Fargo last night uh, beat a Shanley team that appeared to be rolling pretty well. And Red River's got some sharpshooters. Devil's Lake has kind of came out of nowhere and, and just been really, really good. And I think they're going to be really good next year, which is, you know, kind of interesting as well because they are going to go down to that division a region i think a lot of those teams like they'll be in a region with grafton uh hillsborough central valley thompson four wins uh where i think they're like well come on now devil's lake is a, a state contender team right now in class a possibly and now they're coming here but that's an argument for a different day but devil's lake has some really good players parker brodina and what they've been able to do uh, oliver worth and uh so they've been able to make some noise as well but I agree with you. That EDC boys tournament is going to be flat out fascinating. Davies is kind of just, you know, coasting along right now. They're putting up like a hundred points the last couple of games. Mason Claybo is is playing out of his mind and and is just going to be uh, so tough to beat. Uh, North kind of up and down, kind of what they've been in recent years, but I think they've been a little bit more consistent this year uh, with the Jeremiah Sem, Carter Zeller combination, Matthew Sem stepping up. Uh, Just so many really good scores. Red River, a couple of really elite scores too with Rowan camp and, and craft, but uh, it's, it's going to be madness in, in a West Fargo team, Adam Polcheski always gets the best out of his team at the end of the year. And, and we're starting to see that maybe come to fruition with a big win over Shanley uh, last night. Uh, and I would say Tony Leal is about as, I, I, I don't want to, I hate to call him underrated because I think it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of insulting, but uh, he's a really good post player in a team that uh, is very undersized. A lot of guards in Tony Leal. Just a walking double-double. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, one of the top leaders in rebounds, uh, one of the top point-getters, and, and he's just Mr. Reliable down low. It kind of reminds you of, reminds you of maybe a Carter Berencott light. You mm-hmm. know, maybe not as effective as a scorer as, as Carter was, but uh, 
uh, obviously gets it done on crashing the boards and and discipline in that way. And you, uh, I know you've been out west for a few games. You've gotten to see, you know, some of the some of the top teams, Century and Mandan and Minot, and you know, Legacy's kind of hanging in there. Is there? You look at those three or four teams. Is there another team that uh, maybe could surprise uh, out of the WDA come uh, early March? Well, Legacy. I mean, Legacy has some dudes, and they've you know opened some eyes with some wins. And uh, Dickinson has you know a great uh, score in the Dvorak kid that can maybe you know go off or up on a night. But I mean, Legacy just uh, the other night, uh, last night I think it was, lost to Minot. I think it was a ten eleven point game, uh, but they had been rolling. They had won four straight and. Um, giving some teams really good fits. And so I think that's a team that could be maybe be interesting. But Century and Minot, just with the talent on those two squads, I mean, Minot, the defending state champs, Century, um, we know what they have with, with the Division One commits. Um, and Mandan has probably been the team that surprised me. I knew they had the athletes just from watching on, you know, football, whether it's Jablonski or uh, try Frank, but Hudson Sheldon is a guy mm-hmm. uh, that we're going to get to know over the next couple of years uh, on football and basketball, and I think he plays baseball too. Uh, that's just going off on people, just uh, scoring at will, and um, it's uh, I believe the nephew of Todd Sheldon, the head football coach, but uh, obviously an athletic uh, family. And uh, boy, he's he's been exciting to watch, and uh, Mandan can be one of those teams that could possibly you know, upset the apple cart a little bit as a, maybe a three seed uh, from that West. Uh, that would make for some interesting matchups with a, a two seed from the East for sure. I can vouch for Hudson. I've seen him play baseball. He, I saw him play yeah. a state Legion tournament last year. And, and, you know, he was, I think what, 14 playing on the, the main Legion team. Yeah. He can, he can play yeah. that sport too. So. Yeah. Um, and we didn't even mention Derek Desette's name, but uh, he yeah. obviously is a straw that stirs the drink uh, over there in Minot, but they have some really good pieces around him too, whether it's, uh, Wincheski or Gunville, uh, so some really good uh, talent on that defending state championship team. Let's go to basketball, uh, Class B, uh, and I'm really intrigued on the girls' side where maybe for the first time in a while where you have a, maybe a legitimate team or two that you go into the state tournament and think, yeah, it's going to be Team A or B to win this. I don't think that's the case this year. They've all kind of they've they. I always give those top 10, 15, 18 teams credit for all playing each other as much as they can. They've all just kind of they've all just kind of beat up on each other for the most part. Right? Isn't that the truth? I mean, we thought okay, Central Cast with the talent they have coming back. I mean, it's just going to be theirs to lose. But give the squirrels credit. They went out. They played some tough com- competition uh, early in the year. They lost a couple of ones that they probably you know are kicking themselves about with Mayport, CG, and Thompson and. And you play a good Oaks team and you fall to them, but they also have, you know, big wins as well. Um, and, but their region is going to be tough. Northern Cass is, I mean, <laughs> you know it better than probably anyone how good they've been with, with Crockett and uh, scoring 52 the other night. It, it, it's just, uh, it's not going to be easy for Central Cass to just make the state tournament. We thought, okay, Kindred's reign is done. Uh, it's Central Cass, the door's open for them, but now here comes Northern Cass. Hallie Crockett says, not so fast, my friend. So, I think that will be a lot of fun in Region 1. But like you said, I mean, injuries have kind of made things a little bit interesting because um, uh, rugby has lost uh, their top player for a couple of games. Uh, uh, Mikkel Heidelbaugh, um, Ken Mears had injuries with Kate Zimmer where she's kind of been battling, and I think she's going to just kind of gut through it, basically playing on one leg. If you saw her highlights that we posted the other night, I mean, she's just hobbling out there, but she can – she actually hit a three and then limped off to the sideline and was done for the rest of the game. But she scored like eight or 10 points at the start of the game. But 
Uh, it'll be interesting. Bowman County is another team that's on the rise. Uh, Ellie Powell, a uh, great athlete on volleyball, basketball court, um, has been getting that team playing really well where they've won 19 straight. So it's kind of a who's who, man. That's the, the state tournament on the girls' side is going to be interesting uh, to see what happens for sure. Uh, quickly, Class B boys, uh, very interesting as well. Uh, obviously a great story down in uh, Milder Gwinter Foreman with Sargent County. I've had a chance to see the uh, the Bulldogs a few times. Um, they're legit. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, Central Cass keeps, they've kind of gone through the meat grinder. They haven't always played pretty, but they've, they've gotten it done. And I've done lots of games in my life. I've never seen a team win and not score the fourth <laughs> quarter last night. And it, it took me, it took me a little bit by surprise. I looked in the book and I went, Holy crap. They didn't score the fourth quarter. <laughs> like and I texted you, Brad. I'll, yes. It was like, I, I just I'll went, wait a minute. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? No, it was... I even had to check Twitter and go back to uh, there was a third quarter update. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, he was right. They they did not score in the fourth quarter and they won the game, uh, which does not happen very often. Sometimes I've had that where I shot a game in Perm for WDAY one mm-hmm. time where I didn't even realize it, but I didn't get any highlights of the winning team because Perm. I mean, Perm the way they played defense back yes. in that day. Yes. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't have a highlight of them in the third or in the second half and I was editing highlights and I think they only made three buckets in the second half, but they won. I'm like, what am I going to show? Like <laughs> Dom is going to rip my head off. Um, but, but yeah, they, so central cast, I mean, they're just showing that they can get it done in a variety of ways and, and what a balanced group that they have. And, and same with Sergeant County, what they've been able to do. And they, they have another big one at Oak Grove this Friday. That's right. Uh, but Fletcher Wilprick, all region last year, he's been really good this year. And they have a couple of other, or, or the other senior, Gavin Christensen, that's been playing really well for them. But uh, what a cool story and what a job done uh, by Ryan Weber and his staff. And just to be able to, to get that thing rolling, I think, what were they, like 12 and 9 last year? Yep. And now sitting at a you know perfect record as we approach the final you know couple weeks of the season. And uh, so I think that's been an exciting story. And boy, what an what an interesting uh, final regular season game that'll be, I think, between those two schools, Central Cass and Sargent County, uh, when we get there. And who knows, they might be playing again, uh, you know, the following week or something like that in a region championship. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it, for, for Class B, I feel like 4-1's been a walk-in as that team that's yep. built to beat. Yep. But even in their region, uh, North Prairie's been playing really good. They challenged 4-1's been a walk-in back in early January. I think it was a 10-point game, and North Prairie has – eight seniors on that roster. Nick Mears and Mitchell Leas are, are two really familiar names to, to fans of Class B North Dakota sports. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I, I guess I would be surprised if Orleans Minnewaukan did make state. But if there's a team that can do it, North Prairie is one of those teams. And Dane Hagler at North Star, he's able to erupt for you know a big uh, game at any point too. So that'll be interesting uh, even in their own region. But I, I would still say Orleans Minnewaukan, probably the favorite, but uh, boy, those Region 1 teams are pretty talented, too. Well, another one Saturday, too. We have, uh, we'll have two unbeaten. So we have Ellendale at Castleton to play Central Cast Saturday yeah. afternoon. So that uh, that's yeah. it. if you're a uh, if you're a Class B basketball fan, go watch that one. Yeah, and Ellendale, like you mentioned, undefeated behind five seniors, including Levi Rice. They graduated Scott Wagner, you know, off last year's team, who was such a force in the post, and now kind of having to play a different style without that big man in the middle. And it's probably opened up a lot of opportunities for – for their guards to go slash and, and, and shoot their way to, to victory. So uh, credit to Ellendale for, I mean, losing a, a piece like that 
and then going out and having the year that they have, uh, that's that's pretty good coaching, I would say. Yep, very true. Jody, uh, more I could get to, but uh, we are up against the clock. But uh, appreciate it, sir. We will do this again. Uh, appreciate the time, Brad. All right, Jody Norstad from uh, Midco Sports as we talk the three class basketball, but uh, the current state is a lot of uh, boy, a lot of good races in the EDC on uh, the boys' side. WDA is interesting, and uh, you've got some really good, interesting uh, races in the class B regions as well. Tournament time, well, it's officially here because you've got yeah. uh, you got hockey. The East Region hockey will start with playing Saturday. Uh, Red River got a big win last night over Davies, winning in a shootout, so they uh, they hop over South Shanley for the number one seed. Uh, Sal Shanley's got some they got some weapons, good goalie in Olsonowski, and uh, I wouldn't sleep on Central as well. They uh, snuck into the number three spot, and it's a tight race in the top two, three out west as well. Final few minutes of the Jack Michaels Show. Jack will uh, check in tomorrow from uh, Denver. UND women's basketball will be uh, here on the fan tomorrow night. 6.30 free game, 7 o'clock on the tip-off. Men home with Denver. It'll be on KFGO. And then 104.7 FM tomorrow night. Uh, high school girls basketball, Sergeant County at Central Cass. Uh, coverage will begin right around 7.15. Time approximate on that. Tonight, Wild Hockey here on the fan. Wild and the Dallas Stars trying to bounce back after a bad loss Monday to Arizona. Coverage begins at 7.15. And the Wolves and the Jazz tonight. I saw I saw a response on Twitter. It says the Wolves need to fire Ed Donatel after yeah. that defensive effort last night. Yeah, that was not good. Uh, yeah, it was a mess. But uh, that'll hopefully be improved tonight against the Jazz over on KFGO. Uh, Giving Hearts Day tomorrow. There's a lot of great charities um, and organizations that um, uh, would love your support. And one of them I know we've been uh, uh, involved with and had on over the years is Lake Agassiz Habitat for Humanity. The executive director, Pete Christopher, joins us. Pete, good to talk to you again. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Well, uh, giving Hearts Day coming up here, and I guess first of all, just kind of, uh, kind of review 2022. You've had uh, a couple of house builds. I know you've you've worked with uh, one of the area high schools in town, but uh, kind of recap 2022 for the organization. Yeah, we had a really great year. You know, things are coming back um, as far as you know volunteers and stuff. It was uh, 2020 was a was a rough year for us for that. Uh, um, but our volunteers were excited to get back out on builds, and uh, we completed three homes uh, in 2022. Um, like you said, yeah, we worked with the, the high school on one. Um, they started it, uh, um, built it over the school year, and then we moved it in the spring and, and uh, finished it up, and we're preparing to do that again this fall, so we're excited about that. Um, but, yeah, it was, great. it was a great year. We built uh, uh, in uh, Dilworth and uh, Fargo and uh, West Fargo. So, uh, and I guess as far as uh, what you're looking for in contributions, uh, what's uh, I say what the future hold, but what's uh, this year's plans look like, and uh, and and how far ahead do you like, do you kind of you know go and look ahead uh, when it comes to projects like this? Uh, you know, we'd really like to start pushing that out. We're looking ahead, you know, a few years down the road. Um, so on on some some houses we are doing that, uh, on some we're not as much, but. Um, we're building another three homes this year, um, include, and not including the one we're going to start with the high school uh, this fall. So three homes, uh, 2023 homes, and that'll be a 2024 home. But, um, you know, honestly, we'd, we'd really like to get up into where we're building, you know, six, eight, ten homes a year. Uh, the need is definitely there. Um, and our biggest challenge right now is, is funding. Um, 
our homes are not free for our, our partner families, um, but uh, it's sort of like a bank. You get money from a bank to build your home. We're kind of our donors serve as our bank to allow us to build the homes initially, and then our families repay the cost of their home. And, and actually, they pay their their mortgage payments are paid forward to help sustain our mission and build future homes. So the more homes we can build, the more homes we can build. Uh, the uh, another part of Habitat for Humanity is the restore. Uh, in yeah. uh, in North Moorhead, and uh, you know, it, I, you're always looking for, uh, you know, to try and keep the inventory up as much as you can there as well. Can people uh, help that way too? Yeah, absolutely. We're always looking for good donations of new and used, you know, building materials and furniture and appliances and things like that. And and what that allows us to do, those proceeds help cover our operational costs. So, you know, all of our our salaries of the people that work here are all covered. Um, our electrical bills, our you know, our things like that, um, are all covered by the proceeds from the restore, uh, which allow any you know donations on on Giving Hearts Day and other days go 100% go into building homes and helping families in need. The other cool thing about our restore is that it it serves a huge population of people that maybe can't go to a you know a traditional retail store and buy a new you know a new lock for their front door or a new front door for that matter or you know something that they need to improve their own home. Um, we get about uh, 19,000 cuts through our restore uh, last year and have been told that about 75% of those are people that can't necessarily afford to purchase items at other locations. Very good. So uh, uh, if people want to uh, contribute, whether it be tomorrow with Giving Hearts Day or any time, how do they do it? Uh, you can jump over to our website uh, any day, uh, .org. Um Otherwise, tomorrow, um, uh givingheartsday.org and just search for Lake Agassiz Habitat for Humanity. Um, there are a couple other habitats, uh, a part of it, um, up in Minot and uh, in uh, Grand Forks. So, uh, you know, if you know some people up in those areas that uh, want to support our mission in, in their local community, they can certainly do that. But uh, locally here in Fargo-Moorhead, it's Lake Agassiz Habitat for Humanity. All right, very good. Uh, Pete Christopher, the uh, Executive Director of Lake Agassiz Habitat for Humanity. I uh, hope uh, you have a great Giving Hearts Day and uh, people can contribute to that. And we appreciate uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes here today. All right, thank you. I appreciate the time. Yep, you bet. Uh, Pete Christopher from Lake Agassiz Habitat for Humanity. And I know uh, our uh, our group of radio stations have uh, worked with them over the years. For sure. And a good partner and uh, good to have, uh, you know, we've had Pete on in the past over uh, down the dial in KFGO, so it's good to have him on, and uh, and it's a uh, you know it's a great organization. Well, I think you and I have both helped out at homes before, and it's kind of rewarding. It's a lot of fun, you mm -hmm. know, just to kind of see how it is. It kind of I know one thing, carpenter, I'm not, but uh, boy, the people who help you get along and you know put everything in the right place, they do a great job, and it's it, it's quite an effort. And you want to talk about all hands on deck, and it takes a village. That's one of those cool things. And a great story, too, for so many families out there. Yep, no uh, no question about it. And they've gotten schools involved. Fargo North's been yep. the one that they have built. And I know there have been uh, some schools in smaller towns, and maybe not with Habitat for Humanity, but they have uh, they have kind of done similar-type projects. Texture uh, from, I want to get to that from earlier in our discussion about LeBron James before we call it a show today. LeBron will never have the NCAA championship resume, which is a one-and-done tournament. Magic, Kareem, Russell, Michael, Walton, and Isaiah will always have that over LeBron. Well, and even Bird, who finished runner-up to Magic, I think you know that's one of the more talked about, kind of the planted the seed for the Final Four as we know it, and that's a very good point. But I will say this for LeBron, he didn't need it. I mean, we were watching his games when he was in high school. That was a first ever, too, you know, so. That's a good point, because, I mean, that, that was – 
that drew such national attention, and now yeah. you'll you'll see the big time high school games on an ESPN, and mm-hmm. he's he's probably well, he's not probably he is the reason why that happened. Yeah, I mean, well, he was such a phenom. You know, to, I think Dickie Vitale went to some of those games and did him too, if I remember right. If he was the commentator for it, and I, I just. I think that's why I always say it's hard time to say one or the other and not just appreciate. It's always like when someone says, what's your favorite food? I don't know. And it's like asking what my favorite kid is, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, no, I like tacos one day. I like pizza the other. I like steak. I want to have steak every day. And it's kind of the way I look at these top guys in each respective sport that we're talking about because there's just so many things that they brought to the table in their certain era and how the game was a little differently played then. You know I mean? Let's face it, the game was played in the NFL differently in the 70s and even the 80s Sure, by, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you can appreciate each era for what it was. Well, final uh, final stages here. In the Coming up tomorrow on the show, I know you had a chance to visit with uh, Kevin Seifert, uh, yes. NFL writer. We'll uh, maybe get uh, we'll play back some of those comments tomorrow. We'll see if we can get a little more of uh, three-class basketball chatter and much more. And uh, Jack will join us as well, at least for part of the program. Uh, in the noon hour tomorrow. Timberwolves basketball and KFGO tonight here on 740 The Fan. Wild hockey, Minnesota at Dallas. Pre-game will be about 7.15. So, uh, well, thank you, sir. We'll do this tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. And Hennessy on hockey tonight, too, at 6.30. I think it'll be pretty emotional, too. Yes, uh... and uh, and also tomorrow night, uh, the game on hockey, kind of a tribute to Travis. Travis Dunn tomorrow night as well, and I know that's going to be uh, a... Uh, that'll be radio with, worth less yeah, than two. Sure. So. All right. Um... Jack will be back tomorrow. Glad you tuned in, and we'll talk uh, talk again tomorrow on the Jack Michael Show. Common Man next here on The Fan. This is Paul Allen. You're listening to The Jack Michael Show. Be sure to catch me weekdays from 9 to noon right here on the region's number one sports station, 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Hey, everybody, this is Ward Cater with Vision Ford in Wapiton, North Dakota. We have great news. Our new vehicle inventory is coming in on a regular basis, and we appreciate your patience, but let's get you into a new Ford today. We have access to thousands of vehicles, and I know we can find the perfect Ford for you. Don't wait. Let us make this fun and easy for you today. Don't worry about what we have. We will get you what you want. Go to driveavision.com. We want you to live your best life with Vision Ford in Wapiton, North Dakota. My name is Ward Cater.